0: Welcome back to The Chosen Life Podcast. I'm your host, The Chosen Lawyer. You know, folks, we talk about The Chosen Life. We dream The Chosen Life. You know, we try to manifest it. Today's guest doesn't just dream about it. He lives it. He's truly living my fantasy. He's the one and the only RJ Kama Super Doc. (laughs) The watch affectionado and um, Instagram influencer. RJ, welcome back to the Chosen Life. <laughs> How's
1: it going? Oh, Very... It's good to
0: be back. Uh, I'm gonna guess that this is a small part of the collection behind you.
1: Oh, this is the the spirit room. Yeah, this uh, filming from down in the um, the the wine and spirit room today. It's the my main office where the computer is. It's like we're saying, we had some some glitchiness with new programs that have been installed, so we're on,
0: we're on the phone down in the, uh, the fun room. Folks, uh, just for clarity here, this is the wine and spirit room. So there's going to be probably a beer room. There's all, you know, where the kegs are and they have to be kept at a certain temperature. This is a, another lifestyle. Uh, my friend, you know what, uh, you are truly the, uh, the man that we say, this is the life. Uh, I love how you promote positivity living a good life you work hard and you play hard uh as we were getting started today talking about today's agenda off the air I said I told you we got to save this for for the uh guests because you were talking about the struggles now you are coming back from Alaska You yeah were just there for a few days I I uh I saw on uh, social we, media yeah as we well did a
1: cruise yeah, we, we did a cruise uh we um which is a really neat cruise we uh, wife and I did it about 10 years ago And we really enjoyed it so this time we brought the kids just to kind of re-experience through their eyes so it's really neat it's completely different than the way we normally travel because it's more about nature and immersion and and seeing the glaciers and the whales and the the animals so it was a more uh, granola type trip for us less less about luxury shopping and dining and, and whatnot, and, and dressing up, and more about just getting out and hiking through nature. So it was fun. We, we did Royal Caribbean, which the, the kids liked. I don't think we'll ever do Royal again, but uh, the, the kids had fun, which is the main goal. But yeah, so a week in Alaska, and then trying to come back, you um, know like i was saying? I'm still still struggling to to acclimate I find that coming back from Europe, and gaining gaining the time is a lot easier than than losing the hours when you're coming from uh, west to east. Uh, I don't know if you have similar experience, but I'm finding this a lot harder to to readjust.
0: I have found that when it's a, a big time difference for me, it could take me up to a week to adjust. I'm just I feel like I'm in that other world still. It's uh, it's it's really strange. I've I've seen it. Uh, I felt it. Um, and it's one of those things like you either. Tell your body it's home time, like you're, ba- you're still back at home, but then you never get to enjoy the experience. So when I go, I assimilate where I am. I consider that my new time zone, yeah. and I deal with the repercussions. I think that's the best way to vacation at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, before you went away, in today's episode, we have several topics we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. So this week's topic, uh, before you went away, you had this little uh, party you went to. So, you know, we read in magazines, we see on the internet when there's launches of new watch brands and their, and their new models. So Omega, you definitely have a good relationship with them. So you went over to the launch party. I kept looking in my uh, mailbox, never found my invitation. So I got to live vicariously (laughs) through you at the end of the day. So please don't hold back. What's it like going to an Omega launch party from the second you get in there? What's it all about, please?
1: It, it, it was neat. It, um, this one was a bit strange because I think it was somewhat last minute and uh, to fill the room it was somewhat of a collaboration with some fashion model agency and whatnot and then a bunch of Toronto socialites. So of the people there who actually cared about the watches was maybe 25%. So there was, there was a definite blend of people who just wanted to be seen people actually were interested in the watches and then others who um, were there to, to cover the event or provide press, but it's, um, it's always fun time. You know, they always, they always try to go all out. So the catering and the open bars is always nice, but yeah, it, um, it was strange because of the, the people who cared about watches was maybe every third or fourth person who was there, the rest were, were there for their, instagram selfies and there they're just to be there but the watches were spectacular so these are the new um the summer blue originally it was the 75th anniversary seamaster series and they abandoned that idea went more just summer blue this way every year they can probably add to the series but but the pieces are really nice omega's done a, a really great job lately kind of re uh re-establishing where they sit and, and a bit more of a focused, uh, uh, collection. So the new pieces are really good. The, the ultra deep I loved, so that's their 11,000 feet (laughs) deep diver.
0: Like any of us are (laughs) going to see that, uh, that depth,
1: (laughs) but it just tells you how, how bulletproof it is. So, but that's why I say with, with even 300 meters, um, no one ever will, will descend to that depth. But it reflects the the static pressure at that depth that the watch can withstand. So at any given time, a watch might be subjected to forces that are the equivalent of 300 meters. Like even a, a powerful massaging shower jet, if that hits your watch, it could it could give the same impact that is the equivalent of 300 meter water depth. And just knowing that the, the watch can handle it is just reflects how, how bulletproof it is. But for the most part, it's marketing and and bragging rights so they had to do something to compete with deep sea
0: now a couple questions come to my mind as you're telling me this first of all so this was not your first launch party i take it for me okay and do you like so i would say compared to you know we always bring back rolex obviously but compared to their kind of launch party which none of us actually get to see but yeah (laughs) i've never (laughs) heard of them actually have a launch party and everything else it's more like here's the advertisements and here's what you're never going to see
1: yeah (laughs) yeah pretty much so
0: when you're when you're at the omega launch party do you get to actually hold the watches put Mm -hmm. them on like how does it work oh
1: yeah yeah it's um they're on display but uh you you can you can do anything you like with them which is kind of what they wanted for a lot of people they wanted wrist shots and poses and whatnot and it's kind of that different type of advertising that that slowly disseminates through different channels rather than just putting an ad up in Times squares and whatnot so yeah you get to you get to feel them and and wear them and take pictures with them so that part that part was great And, and like i said the collection i absolutely loved
0: now, do they also have like British hosts there that are explaining to the watch in a sophisticated British accent and making you drool on the watch? Wanted like, yes. do they yes. uh, do, do they have like a uh, formal presentation and where they're announcing each of the watches? Like, uh, walk us through no, that part of it. Just, no. uh,
1: just a small speech from the um, the president of Omega Canada, welcoming people and briefly talking about the line, and then that was it. So. The main, um, so of the Amiga staff, they have the, the head of sales for Canada was there. And so this um, this event was in Toronto, but it was a, a national event. So they flew in a lot of their retailers and jewelers from Vancouver, Calgary, all across Canada. So the head of Canadian sales was there. Some of the um, the heads of like, uh, Royal de Versailles and some of the, uh, the local authorized dealers were there. And then, um, so the, the Amiga staff was there a little bit to to talk up the watches, but not that much. For the most part, they just let, let you roam, and it was um, kind of open season on the watches.
0: Now, when they launch at a launch party, how long from the launch party date are the action stores, to your knowledge?
1: Well, this is what they've done a really great job of, because before, even with Basil World. The biggest criticism was introducing these watches at Battle World uh, or Watch of the Wonders now, and you don't see them in stores until eight to nine months later, uh, after which time you've lost interest. So now, whenever they do a launch, it's for sale and ready to, ready to go. So these pieces are already out there. I haven't seen any Canadian dealers with them yet, but they're definitely um, readily available in the U.S., there was nothing in Alaska. <laughs> but, no, I imagine uh, not. Alaska was still a lot of gray dealer Rolex, but but very, um, very unrealistic with valuations.
0: Lots of posters of Sarah Palin. Is she still popular out there or, <laughs> or no sign of her?
1: No, we missed out on her. I've I'm always sure. been a fan, though.
0: I always wondered, you know, if you actually go to Alaska, if you'd like see her all over, like you go to Iceland, I'd expect to see Bjork all over, but, uh, I don't know her popularity right now, to be honest, it doesn't come through. I know yeah. she was dating, uh, Ron Duguay, I think the old hockey enforcer guy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Small, yeah.
1: Small, 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 small world over there, but, uh, you know, much of it. I think she's, she's faded out of the spotlight. But...
0: That's what happens. But, uh, Alaska is a funny place. I have never been, but I've heard from people, not the kind of place you typically think of going to buy luxury goods, right? So it's far, It's like a smaller, more off the beaten path idea.
1: Well, the thing is that with, with the cruises, so anytime there's a cruise port, there's the the Diamonds International, and there's all these these uh, jewelers. And a lot of them will spend the the summers in Alaska and then the winters in the Caribbean. So the nice part about the time of year we we went and we did the same thing last time is they've only got three weeks left and then the season ends for, for cruising in Alaska. Yep. So they pack, pack everything up and take it to the Caribbean, try to sell it to people getting off the cruise boats there. So they were really motivated to sell because anything they need to take with them, they have to ensure some of them are authorized dealers for a certain brand in Alaska but not in the Caribbean. So they can't sell those watches until a year later. So they uh, have to just put them in storage and the market value is gonna drop while they're, while they're in the Caribbean for a year. So they're really motivated to sell. Same thing with a lot of the diamonds. Uh, so diamond spur, it's great great buying then. And so especially if they're very motivated to sell. The only, the only thing they weren't budging on as much were the, um, their Rolex. But talking to a lot of the guys there, they, um, they overpaid. So when you look at the gray market and the really smart gray dealers, they've always just kept their margins where where they are and always looked to, to turn over quickly. So it's never been about hoarding a massive amounts of Oyster Perpetuals and looking to cash out one day. It's always about one watch at a time Five hundred bucks at a time and and quick turnover, so now a lot of these guys are left holding the bag because they they bought it at the peak of the market, and so he was trying to sell a uh, Batman, and he started at twenty three thousand US, came down to eighteen, and then confessed that he paid seventeen six for it, and I pulled up the uh, Canadian Watch Collector Forum, and, and there's one for sale for nineteen Canadian right now, he said you're you know you you missed the boat. And so a lot of those guys, and uh, now they um, they've got three weeks to move that because next year, it's it's definitely not going to be worth the same amount. So it's uh, on some levels you feel bad for those guys, but at the same time, not so much. So I'm sure they they cashed in when they could too. I'm but... sure
0: they I'm sure they did. Even like cars, the same thing. The smartest car dealers I knew went yeah. low. Went like you said, less margin but quick turnover, quick turnover. That's the best, best way. Once you get stuck with inventory, it's never a good thing. I've seen a few watch dealers that I've kept an eye on some of their pieces and you know, one week goes by and then all of a sudden three weeks, a month, three months, five months, and you're still seeing the same watches. Yeah, yeah. It's it's never, never a good feeling for them. I'm sure. I've, I've always meant to ask you by the way, since I've never actually done it myself, but I've been interested when you go on a cruise, you're in yeah. the Caribbean. Um, uh, yeah. Regardless of you know locations, but just generally, uh, is it like people have always asked me, is it a good deal? Like, should I buy when I'm on the cruise a luxury watch? Should I buy when I'm in the Caribbean? What's what's your take on it?
1: Well, you have to know your prices, right? And so some of the some of the deals are fantastic, uh, and and especially with um, depending on the strength of the Canadian dollar, and then if you get taxes back, especially in Europe, if you get the VAT back. And some countries give you the full VAT, others um, a percentage of it. So in Europe, when the Canadian dollar is strong and the um, certain brands are slow to recalibrate the prices. So I remember one time in, in Europe, the Canadian dollar like quickly gained value or the Euro quickly lost value. And it was a difference of about 10% and they didn't have a chance to readjust prices. So when you look at the Euro price, with exchange and then the, the value added taxes in some countries as high as 18%. So you get all that back. It, it works out to be fantastic value even without discounts. So then even if you factor in paying duties and taxes when you return, it's you're still ahead of the game.
0: But do you ever get nervous depending on the dealer, depending on the port you're in as far as the authentic, authenticity goes of certain brands? That's well, so, something that always made me nervous. Yeah.
1: Some of these guys, some of these guys in Alaska, definitely wouldn't have because they didn't know nearly enough about the brand or the watch. Some of these guys, you know, as, as they're trying to sell it, I um, I kind of jump in and provide answers to questions that people are asking because the the dealers can't even answer them. So when you look at some of the fakes out there right now, you see how how easy it would be for someone who doesn't know better to get to get fooled. So in, in some of those re dealers, when the, the, the guy selling doesn't really know much about the watch, I would definitely stay away. But there's no motivation to buy from them right now anyway, because their prices are inflated. So before it was a chance you take to get a good deal. Now, um, there's really not much motivation to buy from them unless you really can't wait. But even then you'd have to have a lot of trust. So if it's Caribbean or Alaska. And you end up with even aftermarket parts or, you know, not even necessarily a fake, but something that it's not hundred percent, right. there's no recourse, especially if it's Caribbean. It's not like you can go back and, um, and, and engage the local authorities.
0: So be careful, be smart folks. I mean, I've seen in the papers, I've heard on the radio before of people that went to uh, exotic places, mailed themselves their boxes, wore the watches back and got caught with them. And the authorities are not too happy with you when you do that. So be very, very careful. And depending on how you buy, where you buy, like you're saying, you may get a really good deal, but if you're going to have to pay tax on that, and depending on how the tax is charged, depending on your location, that could be an arm as well, right?
1: And and what I found was the custom officers are actually, I've maybe just been lucky some of them are just so impressed that you declare it that they'll they'll kind of just assign a charge to it that's not necessarily the full full HST plus 5% duty. So sometimes they'll just say, okay, a nice round number like 10,000 and just charge you on that even though it was maybe 10,000 euro, they charge it 10,000 Canadian. So sometimes they're just very impressed with honesty.
0: I think because I think because when they meet you, they think they're seeing Dean Kane from uh Superman and they're just so awestruck. So they're ready to help you out. But for the average Joes like us, uh, I don't think they're that uh accommodating. But uh careful folks again and buy smart and depending on your location these days, you might as well buy in your own currency. So things to think wow. about.
1: Now That's the thing. right now Canada is the best place in the world to buy watches because it um the even if you look at the U.S. the way their market has softened with exchange, there's still there's still about five thousand more per watch of of some of the hype watches. So the um, like I said the Batman is is down to about sixteen, but that's uh, still well above what you're seeing in in Canada right now.